Well, guess what, folks? We've made it to Labor Day Sunday, and the pennant races are getting strange. And two young teams may not win it this year, but could make baseball pretty interesting in 2023 as well. It is a Locked On Diamondbacks, Locked On MLB crossover. Let's get this thing started. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where is your team every day? This is the podcast. We talk about all Major League Baseball all year round. I'm yours, Paul Francis Sullivan. Hey, look at my lower third. That just says Sully. Feel free to call me that. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who now speaks with a high-pitched voice. I've written for magazines and directed film projects and been a comedian and a performer and been a baseball podcaster for well over a decade. I'm sharing the screen as I do once a week, every week with this jabroni right over here. Introduce yourself to the masses. Yeah, Miller Thomas, philanthropist, historian, and just great-looking guy. Follow me on Twitter, at CreatorThomas24, or on my podcast show account as well on Twitter. Just look up Lockdown Dimebacks. And, of course, we're on YouTube, Lockdown Dimebacks, on there as well. You are the beefcake of the show. Uh, speaking of beefcake, uh, my back is hurting me. So uh, I may this may be an opener situation for me. This may okay. be an opener. Uh, follow us at uh, Lockdown MLB Pods for both Twitter and Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter. Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. So uh, we're actually you know, pulling back the curtains. We're recording this on Sunday afternoon, one of these times where we could actually both get together. Uh, mm-hmm. I, the games are still going on, and uh, I'm just going to – we talked way too much about the Yankees for the last few days. So this is not going to be Yankee centric. I will say just these two quick things. Uh, Judge has already homered. In fact, he homered on the second pitch of the game. Uh, as we're recording this, the Yankees have a 2 nothing lead in the top of the seventh inning. But the fact of the matter is they could go on and win 27 to nothing. And they still blew this weekend because they needed to hold back the Rays and they allowed the Rays, even if they wound up winning today, to pick up another game in the standings, which you really, really can't afford to do that. Hey, um, I'm going to bring up there's a, a game that looks like it's coming to a final pretty soon now. Um, the A's have are shutting out Oakland, and uh, uh, the A's are shutting out Baltimore. Sorry. They're shutting out Oakland, too. And if you've read the news, uh, you'll see that not only are they trying to shut out that city to try to move – but evidently, there is a couple who thought they've moved already because they went to the upper deck of an A's game. And uh, how do we say this? They uh, they uh, did the grown up. They did the grown up. Birds they, uh, and the bees. Yeah, the birds and the bees in the upper deck of an A's game. That tells you you have attendance problems. Um, when someone says, "Where can we go that no one will see us?" I know an A's game while a game is going on. What would you call that? What's the term, though? Because if you do it on a plane, that's a mile-high club. What would you call it for a baseball game or, like, a sporting event in general? Well, they're scoring. They definitely no, scored. Um, and you want any way to make new A's fans. They just need all the help they can get. But, um, yeah. Yeah. That's... I think their photos are just released. So now i got to find them on Instagram so they could invite me to the next game. Yeah. And, and uh, 
if it turns out to be our illustrious host, Jason of Locked On A's, then uh, we'll just move right on. We're gonna get uh, we're gonna be struck with a with a, an explicit rating on this. Anyway, yeah. moving on to uh, sorry, mom. Uh, moving on to uh, Baltimore. Even though they uh, look like they're gonna drop this game to Oakland today, uh, Baltimore has crept back into it. They went into today only a game and a half behind uh, the Toronto Blue Jays. And while it looks like they're going to wind up dropping a game back in the standings because uh, the uh, the Blue Jays wound up winning their game uh, in Pittsburgh earlier this afternoon, the Orioles are a legitimate playoff contender. You're only two and a half back. Toronto has been underachieving all season long. You could see the you know, the Adley Richmans of the world possibly now look at, do I think they're going to go far? Probably not. Do I think they're actually going to clinch something? No, but you know, if Gunnar Henderson continues Mm -hmm. to be the player that he's looks like he's playing and you know, all these other, you know, the, the Austin Hayes and the Jorge Mateos get, you know, big hits along the way, along with Adley Richmond. And it seems like Ryan Mountcastle, who by the way is only 25 years old. Yeah. Um, wouldn't it be something if this year, which was basically they started off miserably again, and it was just, you know, the, the rebuild, the rebuild, and then suddenly, look at I have nothing against the good people of Toronto, but I would think it would be so much fun to see this Baltimore team, even if it's playing in the wild card round and dropping two games, to give this young squad a taste of something great. And even if they don't make it, playing this September is only going to get Baltimore fans excited for the future. Yeah. And it's crazy how they're doing it because this was the team that drafted number one overall at this most recent draft because they were the worst team in baseball last season. Now you look at the Baltimore Orioles team, like you said, two games back of the wild card. And I don't know exactly how they're doing it. Cause just looking at like the offensive numbers from their lineup, like there's no one in their lineup, but like in, 800 OPS like their rotation there's not really a dominant guy they're just kind of doing it with smoke and mirrors this season and I feel like if you're the Baltimore Orioles like you're calling up these young players right you called up the Adley Rushmans you called up the Gunnar Hendersons and you trade away guys like Jorge Lopez's of the world of the treatment scenes I think for the Orioles you're just kind of looking at this season like gravy like I don't think you're pushing for the postseason and you're putting all your eggs in the basket of the postseason because I think you're still caring more about the youth movement but at the same time you're not mad at your team if they win games and make the playoffs like I think I think for the Baltimore Orioles, they're like, whatever situation we end up in is gravy, whether we just keep it close and we just barely make out miss out in the postseason. But we still gave these young players a taste of what they could be, a taste of what their potential could be. Maybe they just improve, you know, in some areas over the offseason, get some internal development and then come back next season ready for the playoffs. Or maybe they do make the postseason this year and then they're just a year early and then they get to take those playoff lumps um, basically a season early. So I think for the Orioles, like basically any situation they end up in is a win-win because either you just miss out on the postseason and still get great experience or you actually make the postseason and Gary you might not go far but at least all those young guys get a taste of what it means to be in the playoffs because guess what badly rushman makes a postseason this year then he'll already have as many playoff appearances as our guy mike trout Boom. god you can't wait to <laughs> just sneak in a jab at him. i just gotta get in i gotta get it in so. well let me tell you something you know i like going back here we go back to this month we go back to that month Let's go back to July 15th, okay? The middle of July, okay? Mm -hmm. At that point, there was a team that was 12 games under 500 and really one of the – really just a non-contender. 
and doing nothing. Now, this team still is sub-500 and probably not going to contend, but they are 24-18 and 18 since then. Do you know what team that is? Who? The Diamondbacks! Oh, okay. I didn't know where we were going Diamondbacks, that. that's right. And the, the Diamondbacks have brought, have brought up a bunch of young players, and guess what? They have not been pushovers mm-hmm. for the last month and a half. They've been winning games. They've been beating teams they're not supposed to be beating. They've been winning some games with incredibly young roster. A whole slew of rookies seems mm-hmm. to have come up. And look, at they've not come screaming back to uh, playoff contention yet. But the people who in the past, and we'll get to the concept of circling the calendar, uh, the people who in the past uh, would sort of say, hey, look at the D-backs, you know, mark them on the calendar. They stink. I'm sure the Phillies thought that. They dropped two mm-hmm. out of three of them. I'm sure the Brewers thought that. They dropped the first two games to Milwaukee. You know, I'm sure, I mean, since they were swept by St. Louis, you know, they've played very well, thank you very much. Yeah, they've had a couple of tomato can teams, you know, like the like you know Kansas City, but you know the White Sox are in contention, yeah, and they smack them around, mm-hmm. and it's not just that they're and with a bunch of these games, it's not just that they're, you know, winning, you know, they're sneaking away, you know, the White Sox are fighting for their playoff lives, they beat them seven to two and ten to five, the Phillies are fighting for their playoff lives, they beat them thirteen to seven and twelve to three, yeah, they also lost eighteen to two, but still the series had to one at that point. They shut out the 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 uh, Brewers five nothing. They beat and then they sneak by Lauer two to one the other day. They're winning games and they're doing it. Talk to us a little bit uh, about some of the the young players on this team who are contributing better than I think anyone would have predicted at this point. Yeah, they should have won the third game against the Brewers as well, but their bullpen blew it. We're recording this before Sunday's game, the game four against the Brewers. Zach Gallon on the mound because. You know, I'm going on. A, I'm going to make a prediction before the game. I'm going to say the D-backs going to win because Zach Gallon, he's a big reason for this D-backs second half. Where the D-backs are 23 and 17 in the second half of the season, better than teams like the New York Yankees, better than teams like the San Diego Padres. The D-backs have been a legit second half team. One of those big reasons is a guy I just mentioned, Zach Gallon, who currently has a 34 inning pitch scoreless streak. I believe second longest yep. in D-backs franchise history. I believe the record is 42 by Brandon Webb. So he is. Creeping closer to that. So you got Gallon, who looks like a Cy Young candidate. You also have another potential Cy Young candidate in Merrill Kelly, who, who might be the most underrated pitcher in baseball currently. So you got a legit frontline rotation with those two. Zach Davies has been quietly really good in the second half and pretty much all of the season. So the D-backs basically have three solid rotation members with Tommy Henry, who's been fine. And then you look at the lineup, like Keto Marte has really struggled this season but the ancillary pieces around Keta Marte have been really impressive Christian Walker crush Walker is having a clear yeah. season 30 Walker's, plus Walker's doing very well yep yep yeah he's crushing you got guys like Dalton Varsho who's having a solid season Josh Rojas is kind of having a breakout year the guy who I talked about where Javier Reyes because we did a crossover early uh, earlier today for our Padres D-back series, Jake McCarthy is one of the most underrated players in baseball right now, around a 70-game sample size. And I think he could push for a starting spot in the outfield next season because he's got a three around a 300 average, around an 800 OPS, speed for days. This D-backs lineup right now is deep. It's young. And right now it feels like the D-backs actually have too much talent for their 
outfield because some days it's like, how do you not fit a Stone Garrett, uh, an Alec Thomas, or a Jake McCarthy in your lineup? This D-backs lineup is deep. It's long. It's young. The rotation is solid as well with Davies, Gallon, and Merrill Kelly. The only D-backs issue is their bullpen. So I believe the D-backs can somehow this offseason go in and overhaul their bullpen. They could potentially be a wild card team for next season. But hey, Sully, we still got a month left. We still got thir- about 30 games left. It would take a miracle. But with the way the D-backs playing in the second half, is it possible that maybe, maybe with the slimmest of margins, the D-backs could get back in the wild card race? They're only the second team outside the race right now, right after the Milwaukee Brewers, even passing the San Francisco Giants in the standings. Yeah, it's interesting. The 107-win Giants last year, and um, of all the pitchers that you mentioned – the one you did mention was Madison Bumgarner. Yeah, I did not win. That. But no, but it's interesting that like you're listing a bunch of the pitchers, and then they have Bumgarner, who was a non-factor this year. Um, Every year. Uh, let me tell you something. The uh, uh, Lavolo, I think, has done a really good job. He was a considered a good manager a few years ago when the D-backs were a playoff team, and lo and behold, they seem to have been piecing together a decent club right here. So. Mm-hmm. I don't think he needs to find a new job. I think that in terms of jobs, he's secure. But the fact of the matter is some small businesses do need a new people to work in their job and need to hire the right people. I was going to get there eventually. As you gear up for the fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easy to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MLB. That's linkedin.com slash MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Miller Thomas, Lockdown Diamondbacks. Don't ever, ever accuse us of ignoring the D-backs. Mm-hmm. Um, an interesting thing has happened. I talked about it yesterday with uh, the sickness of Tony Larusa. The White Sox have responded by winning a few in a row and climbing back in to the American League Central race. Uh, again, games are going on as we're recording this, so those of you at home already know what's happened. We have the uh, um, the Mariners are leading the Guardians two to one as we're recording this. Minnesota is up 2 nothing on the White Sox. Isn't it amazing that uh, Dylan Cease came within one out of a no-hitter, and it was 13 nothing was the final score. <laughs> and today, it's 2 nothing Twins. And this is why baseball is the greatest sport of the ball. There is no rhyme or reason of how you're going to do from one day to the next, who's on the mound or next. Now, the, the linchpin of this is the Guardians, if they lose to Seattle – not only will that creep the Mariners a little bit closer to their first postseason appearance since 2001, but it was sure one of two things. If the Twins win, then they're tied 
at first place going into Labor Day. If the White Sox win, then the White Sox and Twins will be one game out of first place on Labor Day. This is very fast approaching complete coin toss territory. And I'll tell you the thing that makes this the most interesting and could be the most interesting race in the uh, in the month of September. They're realistically fighting for one slot. Chances are some combination of the Rays, the Mariners, the Blue Jays, and the Orioles are going to be the American League wildcard teams. So, they, you know, they, the Twins, they may be one of them, but I don't think they will be. So those are three teams fighting for one spot. They're all flawed teams, but all teams with talent and all teams that could fit that proverbial October Cinderella, where if they get hot at the right time, they could do some damage. What are your thoughts on this AL Central race and who do you got? Or are we beyond who do you got? It's just basically chance at this point. Yeah, I feel like it's just chance because I don't even know. I feel like I might like the Cleveland Guardians a little bit better than the other two. I probably, you know, have the team that's leading the division among the best because I feel like they have the best combination of a starting rotation with that lineup. Just because on paper, when I look at like in terms of talent and star power, I mean, the Guardians rotation got Bieber, McKenzie, Quantrill, like they got legit um High-level starters in that rotation with Emmanuel Classe. Like, I just look at that pitching staff. You got four pillars I could point to. You look at their lineup. You got Jose Ramirez. Andre Jimenez is having a really fantastic season. Steven Kwan has been hitting for contact all year. So, I think in terms of balance, the the Cleveland Guardians might have the best balance. But also, like, I don't want to discount this White Sox team. The, two, the Twins are probably the team I'm out on the most just because, again, it's mm-hmm. been a point I've made this whole season. Like, I just can't get past a rotation that is led by Dylan Bundy, Sonny Gray, and Chris Archer. Like, I just don't I, – I just can't believe in that kind of rotation at all. So, I'm probably leaning toward the White Sox as the second-best team in that division. But it's really probably going to come down to game 162. And – Worst case scenario, we need a game 163 to really decide because everyone says 162 games is the perfect number, but sometimes we still need game 163 somehow to determine the final standing. So I really don't know. Really, the one of the most interesting storylines I am following from this division is what you kind of touched upon with Dylan Cease and that Cy Young Award race because recently we just saw Justin Verlander and Shane McClanahan go on the injured list. You're probably one and two in the Cy Young, you know, potential Cy Young voting. But now Dylan Cease, as soon as he heard those two guys are going on the injured list, he's like, let me go out there and almost throw a no-hitter one out away. So I just thought that was a really fun storyline to see those two guys go on the injured list. And then immediately Dylan Cease is like, all right, I'm going to go in my bag and maybe throw a no-hitter tonight. Yeah, Cease is quickly becoming a real, real legit Cy Young contender. Um, he has, I mean, I don't really care too much about the win loss record. He has, a you know, a 13 and six record, which is good. Um, his ERA is 2.13. He has thrown 156 innings. So he's, he gets his innings in. He has struck out 197 batters in those 156 innings. So it's more than a, a strikeout per inning. His, he has only 64 walks. So he's got a great strikeout to walk ratio. Uh, his whip is 1.077, uh, six hits per nine innings. Um, that's pretty dang good. So you start him in a series. Johnny Cueto has pitched really well recently. Remember, yeah. everybody could have had Johnny Cueto if they wanted him. Uh, he's he's had a good year with Chicago. He's pitched very, very well recently down the stretch. Um, you know, 
Lance Lynn pitched okay a couple of days ago. He's only he's been up and down. Man, mm-hmm. the linchpin of this rotation. If Lucas Giolito could have ever reached down and be the pitcher that everyone thought he was going to be, then this would have been just. Uh, then this would be the team to beat. Yeah, um, Cleveland's bats have been cold, cold, cold recently, but I don't think of that as a as an alarming nosedive like what's happening with the Yankees. I think that there's just a little bit of a slump. I also think Cleveland's going to win, but it would not stun me, especially, I hate to say it, with LaRusa gone uh, and Miguel Cairo managing the team in LaRusa's absence. Better vibes. I, I, I think there's better vibes in the clubhouse, and you're seeing they're, they're, they're coming up with wins. Yeah, it is funny to see, but another like spiritual leader linchpin for that White Sox team is the guy we talked about before who's injured right now, Tim Anderson. That team is just always way better when Tim Anderson's on the field. You okay? right. I, know, I know you're struggling over there, Sully. But Tim I'm Anderson, there. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I know Tim Anderson. It's just like as their spiritual, emotional, like energy type guy. Like whenever he's in that lineup, he just seems to inspire something from his teammates that most other MLB players don't have like Tim Anderson has that infectious energy, like that Mookie Betts type energy that just, you know, just goes over to all their teammates and, and empowers them to play well as, uh, as well. So I like Tim Anderson a lot. It sucks that he's hurt right now. The White Sox always play better when he's there, but I do like this White team as maybe their second best team in that division. And maybe with Tony LaRusso out, like you said, it could, uh, lead to a boon in their wins, potentially a boost in their wins. Because on paper, I mean, you could make the argument this is still the most talented team in the in the division. I mean, I talked about the talent of the Cleveland Guardians, but you could definitely make an argument for the White Sox being the most talented team on paper, even though they have a negative like 24 run, dif- run differential entering Sunday's game. All right. Um, you can probably tell my back is uh, is spasming. But do you want I'm – gonna, I'm going to um, – I'm going to go all nine. Um, okay. You know, one thing that happens when you look at the going down the stretch, you hear people say this all the time. This team has the easiest schedule. This team has the hardest schedule. And I, I understand why people do that. You want to have a sense of, you know, if you know, you're going to be playing some of the bottom feeders, you think you're going to have a better record. There's a couple of things you have to keep in mind that that other team that's being circled is uh, looking at this as a chance for them to say not in my backyard uh, or maybe not even not even in their own backyard. I, if anyone would have circled a game as a can't miss game, it would have been the Mets throwing Max Scherzer versus Washington throwing Patrick Corbin. That was the biggest guarantee. If you went to bet online, you would liquidate your house and put it all on that for the Mets to win that game. And the Mets lost. Now, partly because Scherzer had to leave for precautionary reasons on an injury. If Scherzer's hurt, then all of a sudden uh, make a parade route in St. Louis, in my opinion. But I digress. I I digress. You're going to sprinkle that in there? Yeah, I'm going to throw that in there. But yeah, you know, right there. That's like you know the the Nationals came up big against the Mets in City Field. Anyone would look at it, that schedule would have said the Nationals are practically a minor league team at this point. You know, you got to remember that other team is a major league team that says, okay, this could be our last chance to do something. If you if you're a lousy team and you have the Tigers or the Rockies coming up 
or you have the Mets or the Dodgers coming up, which one do you think you're going to get more up for? You know, which one are you going to get? Which one is going to be the statement game? Or the one going, okay, well, we didn't win, but you don't have to win either. And another thing that drives me crazy is like some people were trying to show how the, the Yankees may have an advantage over the Rays because the Rays are playing more winning teams down the stretch. Well, the Yankees can't seem to beat anybody. But also, those teams playing the Rays, they're also playing a winning team. The Rays, mm-hmm. you know, for them, it, you know, it's always like, oh, they're playing a team with a winning record. Well, so are they. And, you know, it could, you know, it, it, it always drives me a little bit crazy. You know, yes, I understand you have to make predictions and everything like that. But there are lots of times you see teams say, you know what? This is our playoff stretch. This is our chance to put our thumbprint on the playoff race. Maybe not in the way they wanted to, but at least they can affect it in a way that is that is saying, if you want to beat us, you have to beat us. It's not taken for granted. Yeah, and I actually did like a pod about this a couple of weeks ago about how like the road to the playoffs kind of goes through Arizona because just looking at their upcoming schedule like a couple of weeks ago at that point, like the upcoming teams that the D-backs were going to play were teams like the White Sox who we just played, Philadelphia Phillies, the Padres twice, the Brewers twice. Like it was all teams thick in the playoff race, thick in the wild card standings, teams that you would consider more desperate than the D-backs. But my overall point was like, if the D-backs want to, you know, taste what it's like to be in the playoff race and to beat teams that are more desperate, like the D-backs have a great chance to play spoiler in the second half, just build some momentum, build some positive momentum for 2023. And that's what the D-backs have been able to do in the second half. They've been a huge spoiler team. Like if the White Sox miss out on the postseason, like they could look at that series where they got swept by the Arizona Dimebacks as the reason why they didn't make it. If the Brewers somehow get hot and make the postseason, then maybe the Phillies look at that series against the D-backs and say, hey, we don't lose two out of three against the D-backs, and maybe we're in the postseason race as well. And God forbid if the San Diego Padres you know, somehow have some sort of meltdown, collapse, and the D-backs sneak in, um, yeah, you won't hear the end of it from the Locked on D-backs podcast. So for me, I agree with what you're saying. Like, if even if you're not a good team, just playing spoiler, like if you're a team like the D-backs where, like, yeah, you're not making the postseason and you're just kind of stuck in no man's land, kind of like the Texas Rangers or, like, a team like that. Like, the Rangers, of course, aren't going to make the postseason this year, but they do have a positive run differential, I think, on the season or, like, right around there. And they're a team that, like, wants to go into this offseason, add some more pieces, and maybe contend for next year. So why not play spoiler right now? Add some wins to your resume, build a little positive momentum, build a winning culture, and then go into the offseason, retool the two, retool the team a little bit, and then maybe you can make a run next season. So for teams like the D-backs and Rangers, I love the idea of playing spoiler and actually trying to win games at the end of the season instead of trying to tank for a top five pick in the draft or whatever. And this has been your TED Talk. No, I, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. And and as we were saying in segment two, that or maybe segment one, we were saying that for – Teams like Baltimore, this would be a chance, even if they don't make the playoffs, to, you know, kind of prime the pump. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember when the Royals had a winning season for the first time in God knows how many years in 2013. They didn't win the division. They didn't make the wild card game. But it was an important first step for the Mustakases and the Perezes and the Gordons and the you know, um, uh, Alcides Escobars and all the people who were on that team to play in a winning situation. 
And by the time, you know, the next year came around, they had the back-to-back trips to the World Series, winning it all in 2015. But I fervently believe having that first year where, oh, we don't suck this year. Oh, we're actually a team with a winning record. I, you know, you could throw all the stats of the world at me. That had to have played a factor in down the stretch. Of, okay, maybe we will. And they didn't. Detroit wound up winning the division, but giving them a taste of here's what it feels like to not be terrible down the stretch. Uh, I think lay down the foundation to back-to-back pennants and maybe for Baltimore, the time to come, you know, if, it, if not this year, it'll probably be next year. And it may be similar situation with uh, Arizona. Yeah, hopefully I think the D backs, I, I love the idea of the D backs and Orioles being the worst two teams, you know, being the number one, number two pick in this most recent draft. Now you look at the Orioles of potentially making the wild card round, the D backs not making the wild card, but at least, you know, potentially getting within five games, just making a conversation. Like you said, you know, when we talked about that podcast a couple months ago, like at what point in the summer, can you just wake up every day, look at the standings and be like, you know what, we're in the race and we're not in the race, you know, point. If you're in the race, no points, if you're not in the race and for the D backs, they might not be getting points because they're not technically, I guess, in the race, but at least they're making me just look at the standings every day and just maybe convince myself that something could be possible. Just give me a little glimmer of hope at this point in the season because last year at this point of the year, I mean, September rolled around. Like, I, I was out. I conceded the D-back season by, you know, the middle of May. But now it's September. I thought I was conceding the season around the All-Star break, but somehow they were able to get that rope and pull me right back in, Sully. So now I'm fully locked in and invested in D-backs games like I've always been. Been, but now I'm watching with a little bit closer of an eye, a little bit more exhilaration in my voice when I'm talking about this D-backs team because the future's bright and the season is not over yet. I'm still holding out the slimmest margins of hope that maybe we could still do something. Well, look at that's why we love you, man. Thank because you. you hold out hope. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm gonna have to hold out doing any more recording today because uh you need an apple or something. Yeah, you need yeah, some yeah gra- grab some ibuprofen and lay down. But hey uh tell people where they can follow your show yeah follow me on twitter at creator thomas 24 for my personal account look up the show account on twitter and instagram just search up locked on dimebacks of course on all your podcasting platforms and we're on youtube locked on dimebacks on there as well and we're at locked on mlb pods for both twitter and instagram i'm your pal sully i'm on sully baseball on twitter sully baseball podcast on instagram Well, I managed to go all nine innings. We talked about all sorts of things. We're going to see how this week unfolds because guess what? We passed Labor Day, and that means we know we're in the home stretch. This has been Locked On MLB, recording the fourth day of September 2022. That's Mo Thomas. I'm Sully. Let's fist pump, and I got to grab me some ibuprofen.